This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Metroplex. We start with breaking News presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Jason Kelsey told his teammates last night that he is retiring. Adam Schefter coming out with the story. The 36-year-old became visibly emotional at the end of the 32-9 beatdown suffered at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's considered retiring in other recent seasons, but this time is said to be real and happening. So Jason Kelsey is retiring, according to Schefter, with the breaking news. It's a big loss for that man. I mean, like he he is like the king of the tush push. Um, that got stopped last that night. Got stopped. I mean, it, 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 it did get stopped. But like, I mean, he is one of the main reasons why that thing works. I mean, hurts squatting five thousand pounds helps. Yeah, but he's a major reason why it works. He's a good player. They didn't have to. They 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 took that position, and they haven't had to worry about that position for you know ten years. So incredibly annoyingly likable. Yes, I, I I mean just when you it's so enjoyable to hear him talk football or just about life. He's just a great dude. I hate that he plays for the Eagles. This is this is one of the things that's great for me is that there's one less person on the Eagles that I kind of respect and enjoy. And the best news about this is. We are now just Travis Kelsey's retirement away from never having to see the Donna Kelsey box shot ever again. Oh, you want to start with the Swifties again, Tony yeah. Dungy? Yeah, there you go. You want to start with that? Man, we got to get to that. We got to get to the Jerry Krause thing as well. Uh, Todd Archer from ESPN.com will join us at 720 on your home of the Cowboys. And you also had some offensive play calling drama coming out from a couple of different stories. ESPN. Uh- Jalen Hurts' desired direction for the offense has not materialized? No. So this is an interesting story that the they talked about. There's clearly been all this tension between Hurts, Sirianni, A.J. Brown. They're, they keep having these players-only meetings. And this was one of the uh, just several NFC East stories that has come out in recent days. ESPN had this one 
that the disconnect between what Sirianni sees for the offense, what Hurts sees for the offense, what Brian Johnson sees for the offense is what really caused problems in the last six weeks of the season. That Hurts felt like, hey, we're trying to push the ball down to downfield too much. We should live in these shorter and intermediate areas, not so much these just vertical routes down the field, and that they he wanted to work. Tell me if this sounds familiar here in Dallas. He wanted to work more of the middle of the field, and that wasn't being included into the game plan. And specifically, he thought that was where A.J. Brown could really thrive. Remember that pick against Seattle, just throwing it up vertically. Exactly. And they were close within field goal hmm. range. Yep, and that was the same one that when Sirianni, remember that was when it first sounded like there was a disconnect because Sirianni said, yeah, we're just trying to to draw a penalty there. And then that following week when reporters asked Hurts, hey, so y'all were trying to draw a penalty there? And he's like, no. That's not the intent of the play. It wasn't. It's weird though, because isn't what Hertz does best throwing the ball is the deep ball, not the intermediate stuff. Um, he's pretty good against you know he's pretty good throwing the deep ball. But I think what the issue is is that Hertz was probably thinking, hey, the way that they're playing us, oh, regardless yeah. of leaning into a strength, we need to forget leaning into my strength. We need to lean into their weakness. And and the way teams are covering us That's right fair. now, we got to do some of this. Congratulations to Baker Mayfield, Todd Bowles, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for dominating Philadelphia last night, thirty-two to nine. Just, I, I mean, look, Philadelphia showed a lot of quit out there, and I hate, I really hate using that word. I hate talking about players' intentions or their effort or whatever else, but it's really hard to watch the way they played and knowing the way that team has played before. And say that they did anything but quit. They just there was little effort. The, when you see just teams have complete issues all night long, wrapping up and tackling. I mean, just consistent broken tackles. It, it's it's something mm-hmm. where it's really difficult to say anything other than your effort wasn't there. You you kind of gave up on James this. Bradbury is getting destroyed on social media. Baker's just throwing balls up and having Chris Godwin adjust to it. And this is with. <laughs> This is with Mike Evans and all the receivers dropping five passes uh-huh. in the first half. This could have been much, much, much worse. Much worse. It could have been much worse. That score is still bad enough. Still bad enough. That could have been much, much worse. But other, like, the games in general over the week, they, they, this was a this was. Pro- I can't think of a worse wild card weekend for the sport. It was pretty bad. I, I mean, the Detroit LA game was was great. That uh-huh. was entertaining. But otherwise, it was pretty bad. Because I don't know about you guys, I felt like probably by the end of the first quarter, I was like, yeah, Philly's. Not no, Philly's not going to keep this really competitive tonight. Tampa's beating them. Pretty and, well, I was waiting for Tampa Bay to screw up. I was waiting for that. To they happen. tried, but after the safety really ended the game. They, mm-hmm. The Tampa tried, like you mentioned, all those drops. Yeah, that if you're going against a team that's better than what Philly has put out there recently, teams are taking advantage of that because Tampa they they tried to hand it over to you. They weren't they weren't catching the ball. Philadelphia was 0 for 11 on third and fourth down. First team yeah. since 1988 to do that. Second team in history to start ten and one and finish with seven losses, joining the '86 Jets. I, I'd be willing to bet too that that 1988 game was in bad weather. To go 0 for 11 on third and fourth down, I would think you're in some pretty terrible, awful weather. Speaking of bad weather, first game of the day rescheduled in Buffalo. Here's the snap, back to pass, looking left, pressure coming, fires down the seam, complete to Kincaid for a touchdown. Well, the answer doesn't get much quicker than that. A 29-yard laser from Allen to Kincaid. Touchdown, Buffalo. And R.J. Choppy's Buffalo Bills handle. Game down a little bit tight. I got two Cowboy angles from Tolos yesterday. Number one, when Buffalo started off 21-0, that's how a number two seed is supposed to handle things. And then when Pittsburgh came back, the Tolos said, that's how you don't quit. 
That's how you fight mm. for your head coach. So every game is getting a cowboy angle thrown into right. it. Thirty-one seventeen, Bills. Man, again, Buffalo is just on a roll. They, they. I, I, I thought after what one of the maybe it was the Chiefs game where they came back that their next loss was going to be uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I don't know that they make it there, but they are on a roll right now, and they are already a favorite. Two and a half is what I saw yesterday against Kansas City. against Kansas City, um, which is the lowest number of the weekend. But that's which is going to be the best game. The games are set Saturday, Houston at Baltimore, then Green Bay at San Fran Sunday, Tampa Bay at Detroit at two and then Bill's Chiefs. Yeah, And, and, and now we have a San Francisco situation with Buffalo here. If they lose the Chiefs. That's three times in, what, four years they've lost the Chiefs in the past five years? Yeah, that, man, I I, th- I feel like McDermott would be in trouble. But, I mean, also, if you if, if this lingers on too long and some of these coaching hires get filled and, the you know, yeah. the musical chairs is done and you don't have anybody that makes a lot of sense and they did rally for McDermott down the stretch. But this is, look, this is the the most vulnerable opportunity that the Bills have gotten to take out Kansas City in in this run where they've had trouble with them. This is the time. You get home field and you get a depleted Kansas City team. What do we make of this move from Mike Tomlin afterwards in the post-game presser being asked about his much-discussed future? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. I didn't hear anything. What did he, he say? He gone. He left. Oh, he, he walked away. He, he gone. Yes. What do we make of that move? He is not in the mood to talk about his future. Uh, well, thank you for that's, that. That's, that's, I'm, I'm saying that's I, I, I couldn't gather that. I'm saying, is that a punk move? Is that like a bratty oh, move? He's, he's kind of, so it's the same thing we've talked about with Belichick and Popovich and everything else. Like, that that's funny and people laugh at it. Like, huh, he just doesn't care until you start sucking. And then that starts grading on people's like, you're kind of a jerk. So I think it's just all the context of where are you? Mike Tomlin has not been a, a coach that's considered to have taken a step down yet he's not considered like hey the shine's kind of off you so people kind of tolerate it but that's just in any other context of you struggling people say you're being a jackass and so I think it's just he absolutely will not talk about it he's insisted on that with Pittsburgh reporters the whole time and so as soon as the question came up he's like all right done walking off do we think Tomlin's there next year a lot of noise around this to finish out the regular season about them not wanting him. Then it changed to him walking away. And then Jim Nance said in our discussions with Tomlin, he's not going anywhere. Look, if uh, if they don't want him, that's on them. That's a, This guy just, just is, is a tremendous football coach. And if you don't want him, then, then best of luck to you in the future. I think he's I, back. I think it's far more likely that he doesn't want them anymore because he doesn't want that quarterback situation anymore. Yeah. People are saying, "Oh, they're tired of nine and seven in Pittsburgh." Well, are you tired of? Man, they are. I, I, I do a I do a podcast with a guy from Pittsburgh. Well, um, and he said the amount of fire Tom uh, fire Tomlin stuff that's going on around there, especially if they missed the playoffs. Well, they missed the playoffs like the third time in four years, but that's still acceptable. Okay, man. Now, now, granted, there is the they are on the hamster wheel. They are on the hamster wheel of mediocrity right now. Maybe they'll make it. Maybe they won't. But they're going to be like nine and eight every year. And you just can't ever get a legitimate quarterback that way. Could we have four openings in the NFC East? The fun story of the day, again, Misery Loves Company, is what came out of New York with Brian Dayball and his coaching staff. Man, this is unbelievable. New York Daily News. 
The Daily News has a report out there that Dayball and Wink, Wink Martindale, uh, got into it. November 19th, the 2-8 and eight Giants led 24-12 late fourth. Martindale's defense forced four turnovers. Pretty good. Against the Commanders. Is that good? It's pretty good. More on than the, the Cowboys got to close the season. On the headset, which Brian Dayball's on the headset. He says to Wink, you're going to lose this game just like you lost us the Jets game. Ooh, yeah, that was when they gave up like 50 points to the Jets. No, that no? is when they gave up. They lost 13-10 in overtime. Oh. And by the way, Brian Dayball's offense, it was amazing that day. It threw for minus nine yards. <laughs> and this necklace lunatic <laughs> doofus had the guts to point the finger at Wink Martindale. By the way, do you know who happened to be on the headset that day? Joe Shane, the general manager, which he uh, he begun listening on game days that week in Washington. Yeah, people were going to him saying we have problems. Dave yeah. a problem. So he was basically spying and spying. monitoring on the headsets. And that commander's communication apparently opened the door to a full-scale team-wide meltdown. Right. Now, they do say in this Daily News article that Will McClay does this and Nick Casario does this, or at least they have in the past, no, McClay, to McC- better understand game day operation. McClay sits in the booth with a headset on, listening. And, and that's because, yeah, McClay is sort of just involved in the, the game day operation and understanding things. McClay's not listening to spy. This right. one, from this report, sounded this like Shane was doing some of that, but the impetus was like, uh, yeah, we, we got to figure this out. They would go on. His behavior is destructive. His input's never proactive. It's always reactionary. Ooh. His outrage is rarely accompanied by a suggestion. Quote, he has no composure. We've wow. said that. Anybody who walks around like that guy does, unfit to be a head coach. He's not a CEO. Uh, Shane's monitoring the dynamic. He would stay on the headset for four games. Before stepping back offline for the final three, Commanders, Patriots, Patrick, uh, Packers, and Saints. Wow. It's your biggest W, chop, chop. That's your biggest one. That's your biggest victory. Well, you need one every now and then. You got that one. Nailed it that, last year. That, that could be up there as well. But more. Um, Mike Kafka, the Giants' young offensive coordinator, he was the whipping boy. Quote, Kafka's constantly second-guessed. He would make him run the ball. Then if he called a run Dayball didn't like, he would mother F him. He took play calling away multiple times and gave it back each time. He gave it to the quarterback coach for the second half at Dallas in week 10. But Dayball's unpredictability was his defining trait. There was no pattern, rhyme, or reason to his changes from other perspectives. He would take over, give it back. Take over, give it back. Dayball receives advice on his headset in those moments from an analytics and game management team, but one source called that collaboration a broken process, and it's not thorough or advanced. And my giant, the meatballs, my giant friends said, if the Giants weren't trying to be so stable, Belichick could end up there. Forget Dallas or Philadelphia, but they don't think Dayball is going to get fired or run. So they'll have the most wow. stable coaching situation next year. Yeah, he'd be the dean. He'd be the dean of coaches in the NFC East. Wow. I, I don't know. Like, wow. would, I don't know if Bill would even bother with that. I mean, I know he has such great reverence for the organization, but like, man, like dude, that, that that place has turned into a mess. They think about this. Like five, ten years ago, not even ten years ago, they were the Pittsburgh Steelers of the NFC. They just didn't fire 
general managers and coaches. Now they, they go through them. Like Kyrie Irving and Tim Hardaway each dropping 40 on the Pelicans. They get the win without Luka. Second ever dual 40-point games by Mavs teammates. And you were watching this one along with the AFC game. Uh, yeah, but before the AFC game started, because uh, this is on a little bit earlier. But, yeah, this was a, what, a, what a great, great performance by Hardaway. Uh, he was fantastic. I mean, any big shot they needed, they got. They were crashing the board, and I can't believe they came back. I, I really can't believe they actually won this game. Kyrie, since he came back from the injury, has been so freaking mm-hmm. good. Um, and, I mean, honestly, what you're seeing is when they've got everybody healthy, when Luka, the, the three guys that are appearing most important to them, Luka, Kyrie, and then Derek Lively. If those three guys are healthy, they're winning games. Todd Archer on what he's hearing and what's going to happen at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco as we all wait for Jerry to act. Cowboys beat reporter Todd Archer joins Sean and RJ next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Expressway, and we are commercial-free up until 8 o'clock here on a Tolo Tuesday with Sean Shreve, RJ Choppy, and our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt. This is a better Cowboys insider joining us now on the DNM Leasing Hotline. He is Todd Archer from ESPN. Good morning, Todd. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, Bobby. You gonna take that? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've I've got to take it. I've got a uh, yeah, my name comes first in the show. Todd. I, I, I've got a Carpe Sean's trash talk. That's what okay. I have to do. So, by the way, Carpe Omnia, brother, welcome. I'm back to Carpe Diem. Maybe I'll go watch the watch the movie again. So, Todd, what do you do yesterday and today? Do you go to the same office spot you have at the Star? Do you? You sit around like, what's your day like? <laughs> well, yesterday we were at the Star for for locker room clean out to uh, talk to T.J. Bass, Jordan Lewis, and uh, oh gosh, uh, Kevontae Turpin were the three guys that made themselves available in the locker room to speak to us. Uh, so that was good. Did you get an uh, invite? Then, to, did you get an invite to Kevontae's party? I did not. I was not unaware of uh, Kevontae's party. Oh, yeah. Him and uh, Sam Williams, they had a victory party for Sunday at the Playhouse that fans are really, really thrilled about. They had it uh, pre-planned for Sunday night party, baby. Okay. Well, (laughs) I got to be up to my Instagram post or something, I guess. (laughs) Uh, 
And then today, uh, you know, we won't be at the star. So I'm uh, in my office working on uh, stories that might never see the light of day, depending on what Jerry Jones does or does not do over the next what couple days, weeks, whatever we want to call it. Is it like when you you know when they have like a ninety percent obituary written, and then you just like (laughs) fill it in at the end, or when you're working on a game recap throughout? Absolutely, we already have one story written in case. Uh, the head coach change is made, and then you need the reaction to go along with it. So today's uh, right the reaction, and again, stories that may, may never see the light of day. So, what's your feeling on 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 what plays out with this, Todd? I, it's it's so hard to say. I, I bet you, you know, you, you talk to people in the building, and it, I, I think it flips hourly, like on what they think and what they're hearing, and what possibly could could happen, and. And that's why anybody who says they know really doesn't know. This is info that has to come from Jerry and Steven, and, and they're, they're obviously not talking to you guys because the season's over. Um, and now we're in a situation where we're just kind of waiting and see. It's hard just from the outside looking in, right, and being around the scene. It's hard to imagine they can just run it back and say, hey, we're close, we'll just get it done. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what happens in Philadelphia, a team that – was in the Super Bowl last year, and now everybody thinks he's going to fire their coach. Like, do you, do you make the bold choice, which may be wrong, and, and, and fire a coach that won 36 games in the last three years and hire a guy that they'll have questions about, regardless of who it is, from Belichick to Harbaugh to some guy we're not even thinking of, right? Mike Vrabel, yeah. whatever. And, and then you could be wrong there too. So which way would you rather be wrong? Because whatever you do, are you going to get credit for being right? If you keep Mike and they win – are you really going to get credit for that? It, it, probably not because – and then if they hire another guy and they win, are you going to get credit for that? No, because the new guy will get the credit. So uh, it's it, – this is a – this is not the situation that Jerry thought he was going to be in. And seeing him in post-game locker rooms, uh, you know, over the years, that was as stunned yeah. as I've seen him be probably going back to that Giants game in 2007. Absolutely. Todd Archer, ESPN on the DNM Leasing Hotline. Before we move forward, speculation, names, and this and that, I, I mean, I have to get your take on 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 what happened Sunday. It was a great game. <laughs> it was. I meant, I, I, meant, I meant our game, not the first game, oh, the, the, the other okay. one. My bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, oh, wait, we were the first summed one. it up right, right? I mean, they picked a bad day to have a bad day, and everything – everything was bad and you know the the defense was it was you look at the numbers and say okay they had a really good season they took the ball away planned at his interceptions and Micah had his sacks but there's always something about the the defense that felt uneasy and it was largely about the running game yeah and then their first possession they gave up points on their first possession in 11 of 18 games oh that's not good and they're running game. Obviously, the you know the Packers were eventually able to run all over them and, and do whatever they did. They never got any pressure uh, on Jordan Love. And then offensively, again, the first possession looked off and and carried all the way through. If that if that third down pass to CD connects uh, on the first drive, are things different? Probably not, because I don't think the defense is stopping them. And they may have lost forty eight forty seven. But the, I still don't think there was any way they were winning that game with the way the defense was playing. 
And now this is where Bobby thinks I'm protecting his quarterback. But <laughs> Stack was not good in that that game. And same old questions about him. I'll have something later in the week. Stack and Romo have become the same quarterback. Ooh. And I know, I know that I know which version's better. So, so at what point in the, uh, the, the what what point in the the Romo jump off, uh, Todd? Am I like for you? Like, like, am I getting close to the point where where you were like, all right, Tony's not going to get it done? Do, do you think I'm close? You'll never be close to that <laughs> thinking it'll never be done. <laughs> so no, I I think you're. It's different because at the end, Tony's body broke down. Right. Mm -hmm. And 2014 was his best chance. And obviously we know the Dez catch and all that stuff. And then he, he started four games after that. Like he broke his left collarbone twice the next year, had the back injury in 2016. And, and then he was done. Dak is only going to be 31 in, in July and just played every game for the first time since 2019. So health wise, Dak is at a different point than, than Tony was at the end of, after eight full seasons as a starter, same as Tony. Um, but the question is about the contract and what do you do? Do you really extend him out and give him five for 250, 50 million bucks a year when he's not taking your team to the Super Bowl in eight years as your starting quarterback? Peyton Manning went to his first Super Bowl in his ninth year. Matt Ryan went to his first and only Super Bowl in his ninth year. Ken Anderson went to his first and only Super Bowl in 1981, his 10th year with the Bengals. Those are the only three quarterbacks since 1980 to have been their team starter as long as Dak will be this year to go to a Super Bowl for the first time. But, Todd, if I ask you the certainty of McCarthy and Dak both being here next year, you're, like, way more confident in Dak, right? They're not. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. no question he'll be the quarterback in 2024. I'm talking about 2025, 26, 27. Like, yeah. are they better served to just play it out and somehow live with a $59.5 million cap figure? Are there ways that they can add voidables to the contract and lower that to be able to keep some guys, add some guys? Maybe that's the way you go about it. But extending him, I mean, you're fighting history in that case. And it, and are you paying him because you want to or are you paying him because you have to? Uh -huh. if, if Sean McVay was the coach here, would Dak be here next year? Uh, yeah. I mean, let's not be twisted. Dak's really good. Like, he just had his best season. I, I would also make the argument – He's had these kind of seasons before when Kellen Moore was his quarterback. Maybe, you know, it, we, we want to dump all over what Kellen did here. Kellen had the highest scoring offense in the top five in yards, same as Mike has done, and put up the same numbers against better teams as Mike did. You know, when we look at how they did in, in the big games this year. So let's not uh, jump to the conclusion that everything was great with the offense this year. They've done this thing before. This whole season – We've seen before plenty of times from the Cowboys, whether it's Dak or Tony or whatever. Um, but yeah, Dak's his quarterback in 2024, no question. Like I, and he should be. And I'm almost tempted to say just play it out. And then if he wins for you, well, then give him a hundred million bucks. Who cares? He won for you. So that 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 might be the best way to go about it. But to do that you got to say goodbye to a lot of guys that w with that cap figure because there's only so many contracts you can redo just to get under the cap, uh, let alone have space to add guys. I, I guess, Todd, the only thing there is if you were to play it out and he does show you what you need to be need to see and then they go, okay, all right, we're ready to pay you. Are we certain 
just because th this can build up and cause fatigue. Are we certain that at the end of that moment, with no ability to tag him or anything else, that Dak would for sure stay here? Yeah, that's the risk you take, right? It, and so there's risk. The, the, the risk on signing him to the extension is he doesn't get to a Super Bowl. The risk in not signing him is he goes somewhere else. Like, there's risks involved. I mean, I, I'm not an analytics guy, so I can't give it the FPI on all that stuff or <laughs> what would happen more or the other. But, yeah, there's no doubt it's a risk. And, this, you know, I, I I'm, quick aside, this whole no trade clause, he can still be traded. He mm. just picks where he wants to go. Right. Like, mm. let's, let's forget about that one. But the no franchise thing, again, drop back to Romo. He had the same thing in his contract where the Cowboys couldn't tag him. He signed a deal in 2013 that made him the sixth highest paid quarterback at 18 million bucks a year. Dude, that was only 11 years ago. It was 18. Now we're up to 50. Like, if play quarterback in this league, you're going to be okay. Um, but I'll take the chance. And if Dak wins a Super Bowl for you, why would he want to leave? Mm. Todd Archer, join us here, 105 through the fan. Uh, what is the timeline, your best guess, for a Mike decision? He let him twist pretty good a couple of years ago with Dan Quinn, right? What was that? Uh, 10 days? I don't even can't remember. All. I got to go back and look that up. I don't think it happens quick. Um, quick as in by the end of this week. Uh, but he has to do something one way or the other. Either say Mike's my guy or we're moving on. I would say by next week because when we've talked about head coaching changes in the past, it's like, well, who are you going to get who's better? And there are arguments that you could make that this guy would or wouldn't have been better. But I think there are options this year where you can say, dude's been to nine Super Bowls, take mm -hmm. that risk. Guy just won a national championship, has gone to a Super Bowl with another franchise, take that risk. And then, you know, a guy like Mike Vrabel, who you think is, has ran a pretty good ship in, in Tennessee and for a variety of reasons probably couldn't get over the top. But you think he's a guy that, has some championship DNA to him from his time in New England um, that maybe he could be better too. Uh, this is different because there are options available. So you might need to move quicker than you would want to move uh, in the past. Like when, when we were wondering about Mike, was it after the 21 season? Mm -hmm. Remind me of the head coaching candidates then that you said, go get that guy. Yeah, Maybe there were some, but I don't think there's any way that Jerry hires a Slowick or a Ben Johnson or a young offensive-minded coach that has never been a head coach. He, he's 81 years old. He doesn't want to live with a coach who's still trying to figure this thing out. See, and, and that's what I was curious about is that I, I'm sure a lot of Cowboys fans would, with the opportunity to hire another coach, they want, okay, let's go get the young offensive mind or let's go get this hot shot player or, or this hot shot coach. But you would think that it's much more likely that he would take somebody who's got previous coaching experience. So in addition to the, the guys that you just named there, those three, like, do you think they would potentially talk to somebody like Pete Carroll or, or find one of these other guys? I mean, shoot, Mike Zimmer's trying to get back into the NFL. That's not necessarily, oh, is that an upgrade? Probably not. I mean, I mean, that's nothing, but there's a relationship there. Do you, so do you think they would narrow their search completely to, Hey, a prerequisite is you have to have experience. Well, the, considering the last coaching search was all of two people and Mike McCarthy and <laughs> Marvin Lewis. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how deep and wide that search would be if they, or they were to move on from Mike. Um, now, when it, when Parcells left here, they interviewed like twelve guys. So he has done it before.
but I think he's at a different place in 2024 than he was in 2007. So I don't, yeah, it, he lived through Jason Garrett trying to figure it out on the job as a young offensive assistant bred to be the head coach down the road. I can't imagine that he would want to do that again with a team that he believes in truth that, that, that can win. It's got nine first and second team, all pros on this thing, all the pro bowlers. It's not like this is a, a team that they didn't fake their way to a 12 and five record. There, there's talent here. Yeah. And, and I think that's why like, that's all this is just so confusing. Like <laughs> none of it makes sense. Yeah. That's what's, why they just imploded on Sunday. What what's missing, Todd? Uh, on the field, Ooh. culturally, like we all is this. We all say this, you know, generic phrase. It's the culture. Like, what is the Dallas Cowboys culture to you? And what is missing? Um, you know, if you're walking the halls and Stephen caught you, is like, what do you think? Like, what what's 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 the missing element? Well, if I had that answer, I wouldn't be talking to you guys at seven twenty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we got good ratings, man. Don't, it's not that bad. It has, has nothing to do with that. I'd be having a membership at the Cowboy Club and, <laughs> and, and playing golf somewhere in warm weather. Um, I, I push back on the culture thing because I think there is a good culture that in that locker room with those players. Like, they work hard. They do the right things. Yeah, there's some knuckleheadedness in that room where some guys do stuff you don't want to do. But guess what? That, I'm sure that happens everywhere in the NFL with even the teams that will be playing this upcoming weekend where you just have guys who scratch your head and say, what are you thinking? Uh, I don't think it's a culture issue here. I just think it's – and I don't want to say it's the pressure of 28 seasons without a Super Bowl now. I just think it's – oh, God, I got no answer for you. Beyond – you know, we can always – like culture is always the easy answer – Jerry talks too much and Jerry undermines his coach and Jerry needs to hire a real GM. Well, I just said they got nine first and second team, all pros. Does anybody who has more like right. this, the, the roster construction is not this team's issue. It's so I don't know what that last missing piece is to get past a divisional round, or in this case, a wild card round of the playoffs, other than play better when it matters most. And that's, coach better when it matters most like none of that has happened forever now i mean 2016 aaron Rodgers stole it from you 2014 everybody argued gene steratore stole it from you but aaron Rodgers still had five or six minutes left in that game if the cowboys had scored uh 2009 brett Favre killed you in 2017 or in 2007 they let that one slip against the giants when they had that to me, that's still the best team to not win the Super Bowl here. Not these mm-hmm. last year, th- this year's team. It was that team was the most talented team since the 90s Cowboys. Not this one. It, that team had 13 Pro Bowlers and guys in their peak and l- learned from Parcells and, and were yeah. ready to blossom, mm-hmm. and they did, and they blew it. Todd, when we look at the Dan Quinn situation, he's obviously got a bunch of job interviews lined up here, but there, there's a lot of criticism that he's taken in the aftermath of this one. Is it a certainty that if he doesn't get one of these jobs, is it a certainty that he's coming back as the defensive coordinator? I want to say yes. Um, And I think this is where you need a big picture view of what he's done in three seasons, not what happened in four quarters against the Packers. Um, Yeah, there are issues. Basically, he can just never coach against 
a Kyle Shanahan or a Kyle Shanahan disciple <laughs> and perform well. Um, so th- that they got to figure something out. But you, you look at what he was able to do, and maybe it's because it was just such a disaster in 2020. But it's hard to argue with the success he's had as a coordinator to say one game is going to be the reason why you get rid of Dan Quinn if he doesn't get a head coaching opportunity which I think we all believe is going to come, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 he's going to—he's interviewing five jobs at least. He's got to get—you'd think he's going to get one of these. Um, and I think he wants to be a head coach again. So, but I don't know. Let me ask you this: Would Jerry make him the head coach here? I can't see him doing that after what happened. So I just went against the exact premise that I made of using <laughs> exactly. one game versus three years. I was going to say, like, can't you say the same thing about McCarthy? Like, you know, like if, if you're going to go through the you know last three years, 12 wins versus, you know, four but, quarters. But you're one and three in the playoffs. You can, point, you can point to that, right? He was brought here to do what Garrett couldn't do, and he's done the same thing Garrett did. Yeah. Todd, what, what do you make of the idea of Bill Belichick and Jerry – and him working together, whether Jerry's ego would allow it, whether Bill would do it here, whether it would work with Will McClay and Steven, and that whole possible dynamic. I mean, the easy answer is say, well, Phil Parcells can work here, anybody can work here, right? Um, different circumstances then. Jerry needed a stadium. Bill needed a job. Uh, now Jerry needs a Super Bowl, and this Bill needs a job. So <laughs> maybe maybe it could uh, it, it could happen from that perspective, I, I listened to Belichick's uh, end of season press conference in New England, where he said, where he was basically, I thought he was interviewing for other teams by saying, I don't need to have total control. Yeah. I'm willing to give up some of that stuff that he was telling every other team in the league. Hey, I'm open for business. If you guys want me, you know, there are going to be certain things I'm going to do, but I don't need to run everything here. And yes, there is a good relationship between Jerry and Belichick and Steven and Belichick over the years. Um, I can see it, although I got to be honest with you, talking to people before the playoff game, it was kind of laughed off as a, that's not going to happen. Oh. But the way that ended, the way the Packers game happened, I think everything's open. Uh, that, that opens the possibility at least. And good Lord, imagine our network, if that were to happen. jeez, oh, Todd, <laughs> if... If Mike is not here, who would be your one, two, three list of replacements? Um, I mean, I would say Belichick because maybe that's the element that they need of a of nine Super Bowl wins. Uh, I realize it didn't end well after Brady and all that stuff, but there's an element of if Bill said do ten jumping jacks, you win a Super Bowl. Fifty three guys would do ten jumping jacks because they think they're going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, Vrabel is intriguing to me because he has a, a Belichick pedigree and he won Super Bowls in New England and he's got a toughness and a hardness about him that maybe that's one of those elements we t- when you ask me what's missing, that will be an option. I, I don't think Harbaugh would come here, so I'm not worried about that one. Why? So I would put those guys at the top. What? I think at, at, his, at, at his point in his life, he would want to have some sort of control over the situation. Mm. Mm. Um, just my gut feeling based on nothing other than that. So uh, th- those would be the two guys. I don't see Pete Carroll coming in. I-, I I don't see that being a fit. 
Mike Tomlin? Oh, mm. Good, we'll yeah. That one. Why not? <laughs> Todd, uh, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for the time. And um, let us know what the halls are like when you go back to the star. Well, I'll see Bobby there, so I'll just say hey to him. Yeah, yeah. Carpe, uh, carpe <laughs> omnia. Omnia, there you carpe, go. Carpe omnia, Todd. The sign was still up yesterday. I wonder when it comes down. Hey, I, I mean, look, they need omnia to change. That's what they need. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. <laughs> see you guys. Looking Thanks. forward to the <laughs> Dak Romo piece. That will get a lot of clicks and hits from Todd Archer, ESPN on the DNM Leasing Hotline. So, Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. He said that the Belichick thing was kind of laughed off by some people before the Packer game, and then Jim Harbaugh would maybe not have enough control here to take this job. That's Todd Archer with his thoughts. I mean, I don't I don't know. I think the perception of Jerry and control is not reality to what I'm sorry, is not fair with what the reality is. Jerry doesn't he doesn't need full control. He doesn't have full control. I mean, he has full control, but he doesn't, doesn't exercise it. Are we going to be absolute hypocrites and spy on filthy after what happened last night? The answer at 8 o'clock this morning. But it is Tuesday. It's Expressway. It's Ask Reddit. Do you have a question, Kelly? Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053. Also jump on the Twitch and the YouTube. Get your answers ready for us here as we Ask Reddit. Ask Reddit is the place to ask and answer thought-provoking questions. From 45 million people every week, and we grab some of the most viral ones and then kick them around here with you and our fellows here in the studio. Uh, Here you go, Sean. This one is, I'm going to lead with you, which I know you hate. I do hate it. But this one, to me, is the most fascinating one I saw from this week. Because given how polarized we are, just as a society now, I don't know that there's an easy answer to this. Sean, why did DISD cancel schools and my kids at home today with crystal clear roads? Who is the most widely beloved American currently alive? Oh, the most widely beloved. Because there's nothing and no one that we can agree on as a society, right. I feel like. That's a great question. I would um, I would throw out The Rock. That was my first guess. Ooh, that's that's a good one. Is Tom Hanks disliked by anybody? Uh, yeah, yes. there were some people who lot didn't people. like him through, uh, COVID? through COVID. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll right now throw out. The Rock. Yeah. Like, That's what I wrote down. I wrote down The Rock. You could throw out Michael Jordan. Uh, oh, no. Well, from a from, from a sports fan's perspective. Okay. And I don't think you can throw out a, like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people say, oh, Taylor Swift. And it's like, yeah, they're wildly popular and they have more numbers in their favor. I don't think you can comfortably say is that. Now, I'm trying to think of who is just, like, a longstanding celebrity who's a little older. Like the Jason Kelsey of celebrities. Yeah, honestly, and, and is a little older and, like, would be considered, like, oh, it, it feels yeah. a little unfair to kind of go after them. Uh, 682 says Denzel Washington. 214 says Shaq. 972 Keanu Reeves. 817 Matthew McConaughey. This is one right here from the 817 that I saw a lot on Reddit. Dolly Parton. There were a oh, lot yeah, of people who said Dolly. there's nobody who dislikes Dolly Parton, but I disagree. I dislike Dolly Parton. So, Why? there you go. Pay, uh, because, I, I don't know, I mean, she was... 
she wasn't too great. Hot, too hot for you? No, 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 no. She just, she was. Uh, Her voice track wasn't good enough for you playing at the stadium? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like the way she walked in the heels, man. It was just, it was kind of pathetic. She's Peyton, 100. It's a joke. Peyton, who do you got? This one was easy for me. It's the great uh, Ben Glazer. Um, I mean, look, I just ah, missed a Glazer. Go, well, well done. One, one of the well beloved done, Americans of this time. And I mean, I know the Cowboys aren't playing out, but that, that's why I put you on here because I don't need the Cowboys tickets. I just need your love. Thank you, sir. <laughs> good grief. <laughs> Mike, good. Mike X Cowboys on the Twitch says Dolly Parton over on the YouTube. Uh, Chris Williams says Morgan Freeman. So there's some of the answers there. Uh, RJ Choppy. Yes, sir. Let's go with uh, what's a small everyday inconvenience that you believe should have been solved by now? Traffic. <laughs> Ooh. I still don't know. How like, is it going to be solved? Yeah, I don't know how you fix that. Uh, just, first of all, get off your phone. Half the reason the traffic happens is because there's you're at, you're, you're, you're at a stoplight. You watch like, Netflix on your phone while driving. Uh, that was that was like 10 years ago. I don't even have Netflix. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't even have so Netflix. So you're not on your phone while driving anymore? Sometimes I am, but not when I'm stopped. Because when you're stopped, and you're Th- your- that would be the time to do it. No, because that's how traffic starts. When you're stopped, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, there's four car lengths in front of you because you're not looking at the car in front of you. When the the, the light turns green, people's inability to merge. Guys, zipper law, zipper rule. You, everybody merge like a zipper. Car, <laughs> car, car, car. All right, stop doing this. Stop flying down the road. There should be if there's not an accident. There should be no traffic. We should not be stopped. If there's not an accident, you should be doing the speed limit. I, or more. Oh, my gosh. There was one time I, was, I remember I looked at my phone. We were driving back from Austin. This was actually, we were in Austin for the NFL draft in 2016, the year they picked Dak. And we were driving back from Austin, going up. I don't remember which highway it is, but we're going up this ramp. And I 35. got a couple of people in the car. And I looked down at my phone trying to see something about the draft. And in that sharp turn, I, I too late kind of pulled the wheel back and we swerved for a second and it was not good. And one of my buddies in the car, who is generally pretty quiet, mild mannered, like chirped up. And he said, if you can't put your phone down, you need to pull over and let me drive. Ooh. He's like, you're, you're not going to kill us because you can't stop looking at your phone. Yeah. I was like, damn. Okay. And my answer here on this, the small inconvenience that should have been fixed by now. I do not understand how with all the technological advances we've had in society that if you have a dollar bill that is not brand new, completely crisp, <laughs> it will not be taken by a vending machine. <laughs> yeah. It will spit it out unless it is the most perfect. Well, I mean, on this one, yes, now we can do that. But a lot of those vending machines still, you put a you put a dollar in and it will spit it right back out if it is not a perfect brand new dollar bill. Sean, you got one? No. No, Pepe? of course not. <laughs> uh, I got one. The uh, the poor audio quality and through fast food drive throughs like, like oh. I, can, I can understand it, and, like, it's fine, but it's just a small detail that I'm yeah. like, there's no way that we can't get him. I mean, we don't have to put him on, like, a Zoom call, yeah. but just make it a little a bit Zoom better, call. man. It's a great imagine? one. Can you there imagine it. being on a Zoom call? You're looking at them. <laughs> you can see all the things they're doing to your food. Right. All Thanks. the spit and there hair. You go. Here, here you go, Peyton. Uh, what's a fact? This one's built for you. What's a fact you wish more women knew about men? Okay, so this one, I thought... Don't get yourself the, in trouble. This is one that could get you in trouble. Yeah, we're going to meet Mackenzie on Saturday. She's still asleep right now. She has the day off because of the school district clo- oh. closing, so she's not listening. But it's school? just because we're in the same room and you're talking to me, that doesn't mean I'm listening to everything you say. <laughs> I, 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 it's not that I'm ignoring you. I'm just I'm probably thinking of something else or I'm busy. You know, multitasking is not always my strong suit here while listening and doing other things. So it's not like I'm ignoring you, but just understand that... I, I, I hear you. You just might have to say it a couple times. I that, hear you, it. but I'm not listening. Exactly. Right? So if I ask again, it's not, I, I heard it. I just, I'm clarifying. Oh, 
That sounds like an excuse that you're really <laughs> it is, not paying it is. attention. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to notice the little fashion changes you make or the the one inch you cut off of your hair. And and I, I it's not... I do it, that. It's not that I don't appreciate it. It's not that I don't think you look nice. In fact, here's the thing that you need to understand. This is what I've tried to drive home to Kristen over and over again. If I notice it, it's probably bad. I notice Woo! that doesn't look good. <laughs> Whereas the other side is just, and I've told her, you look lovely every day. So if you cut your hair and I still think it looks nice, it's it's you look like you do every day, which is just lovely. If I notice it, it's like, what the hell did you do to your hair? Or why did you paint this this color? Yeah. What is that dress? You should return it. It looks terrible. I th- like I think I always notice the little things. I I, I think I do. I tr- I try to. You have an answer for this one? I try. Uh, how do you, how can you notice something that you don't know has been changed? And but look at your credit card. Well, that's how I do it. I mean, oh bam nail. Oh bam hair. Oh, oh so, you, so you cheat. Yeah. That, that's what that is. Yeah. That doesn't count. And how are you phrasing this yet again, Bobby, one more time? Uh, the question is, what is a fact you wish more women knew about men? Um, We like being the little spoon, too. <laughs> <laughs> I did this the other night. I woke up, like, I had some, like, nightmare or something, and I woke up thinking I was, or nightmare, and I woke up and, <laughs> and thought, like, I was late, and I don't even remember, something was going on, but I ended up just... Like almost like a kid, like rolled onto Kristen's side of the bed and just was like, like just like rolled up under. And I woke up the next morning. I was like, was I like needing you to like, like snuggle me or something last yeah. night because I woke up so freaked out? The but big, yeah, the, I did that. The, the big argument in my house, my wife, I gave her my sickness, uh, and it's been like two weeks because she's pregnant and she can't take all the medicine I did to knock it out in forty-eight hours. So our fight right now is when she's like sniffling or something, and I'm like. You need a tissue or I'll say, did you take a cough drop? I'm trying to look out for her and she reacts like I'm being annoyed. And she's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I took the cough drops. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? When you're hacking a cough, I'm not going to ask anymore. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing (laughs) or what the remedy is because you're turning it like I'm annoyed. I'm not trying to say, I'm not going to come to you and say, sweetheart, please let me undo this cough drop and place it in the bowels of your mouth for you to get better. I'm like, uh, did you take the? Did did you put the humidifier on? Did you take the medicine? Did you? Uh, yes, yes. I know I'm annoying you, and I'm like, now you're annoying me. Now you're annoying. Kristen me. thinks I'm a jerk as, as a, a a caregiver. Uh, I I like. I mean, I just I get so like just. I, I want to make sure that she's not getting any worse. And I, and I can't tell sometimes, are you getting worse yeah. or are you just, you're not taking they mis- it They're well. mistaking our intensity. Yes. Yeah. It's more just like concern. Yes. And, and so they mistake concern for annoyed and angry. Expressway, ask Reddit with Roberto here on Sean and RJ. The poll question is out. We were like 50-50. Do we have any right? Have we lost the right to spy on Philadelphia after what happened to the Cowboys? And how about RG3 versus... Jay Gruden on social media next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 